I want to share a story with you, and it's kind of funny to me, but it, it goes along with this, and which I think is so interesting. Oh, y'all, y'all is you? Thank you. <laughs> Give Mr. JJ a big hand. He's awesome on so many levels. I mean, not only does he serve here in the church, he's actually like one of my dads. And uh, uh, me and his daughter grew up together, and, and uh, we're best friends, and we got in a lot of trouble together. So anyway, he's one of the people, amen. <laughs> he's one of the people that God has helped to use to prune me to be the person I am today. So anyway, um, but when I think about this story, it's so funny that God is having me share this because, you know, I didn't think anything of it at the time. But um, so um, well, I should drink this because I opened it. So um, you can take this table. I don't need two tables. I look weird. Um, so, and I think it was for Pastor Riggie's birthday, somebody gave her a plant. And um, she really likes this plant. And it, it sat on the counter um, in her house. And the plant just like grew. And um, I don't know if anybody thought the plant was going to grow like that, but it grew. And so it would sit on the counter. And so as you would walk by, like as it grew, you know, the plant would just start grabbing out to you. So you'd walk and then you'd have to, you know, kind of duck the plant to walk by. And I'm like, this is a great place for this plant. Let's just keep it there and let it hit you in the face every time you walk by. So anyway, so one day I came over and the plant had fallen off the, the counter because it had outgrown um, the pot that it was in. So it was just like reaching out, reaching out and touching everybody and like, hey, you know, I want to join the walking crew. And so it had fallen off the counter. And um, so I was helping clean it up or whatever. And I was like, you need a bigger pot for this plant. And she goes, yeah, it needs to be repotted. And I was like, yeah. She goes, okay, do that. And I was like, all right, you know, so I go to the store and I'm picking out a pot. So I'm texting all these pictures of these pots. And she's like, okay, that's a good one. So I get the pot, bring it. I repotted the plant. A few days later, she's like, Ty. And I was like, yeah. She goes, remember that plant I asked you to repot? And I said, yeah. She goes, um, you didn't repot it. And I said, yes, I did. And I said, you don't know where it's at. And I said, I put it over in the, I put it in the pot and I put it over in the corner. And she goes, you didn't repot it. I said, yes, I did. What do you mean? Did you see it? She goes, yeah. She said, you didn't repot it. I'm going to show y'all what I did. Now, don't tell me to repot a plant. The pot it was in was too small, so I bought a bigger pot, and I repotted the plant. And I put it in there. And she said, that's not repotting a plant. I was like, what do you mean? She goes, you're supposed to take it out and put it in new dirt. And I said, no, that's not what you said. You said repot the plant. I took it out of one pot and I repotted it. <laughs> so anyway, so we have this dilemma because we have this plant that's just sitting in a pot. And it, you know, apparently it doesn't you know, that's not how it's supposed to be, you know. There's something else you have to do to get it to grow. So she's like, can you, like, can you get somebody to help you do it? Because, you know, they're out of town on vacation. She's like, can you have somebody help you do it? And I was like, okay, fine. 
Uh, I can't do it. Everything that comes into my presence that's green or flowers, I love greenery. Even though I grew up in the desert, I love green. But I can't keep plants alive, succulents alive, cactus alive. Like, everything that comes my way, it dies. I'm like, I killed a cactus. <laughs> who, who does that? You don't even have to put any water in it, right? Maybe I overwatered the cactus. But anyway, so I got somebody to help me repot her plant. So that, God used that to like speak to me. So now I'm going to show y'all that I know how to repot a plant. So I got some dirt. Does anybody else not know how to repot a plant? Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate the hands. All right. So I learned this lesson. I'm an expert. I got garden gloves because <laughs> I know what I'm doing. So this is not repotting a plant, even if you take the paper off, because I did at least take the paper off. So I took the paper off and then I repotted the plant. So that's not repotting a plant. So apparently you have to, okay, now what you use is important too. So you have to have a thing, now this one's all connected, but it has to have holes in it. So when you put water in it, the water has to drain out, which that doesn't make sense to me because I don't understand that, whatever. <laughs> so you gotta put the dirt in and all of that stuff. And apparently rocks are good, but I didn't get any rocks this time either. So. We don't have any rocks. Now, when you put it in, you can't just like, oh my goodness, whose idea was this? Okay, it's a little dusty. Yeah. Okay, so there's dirt in there, but you can't put it all in there. Okay, so now you have to get this out of here. Now that is a chore. So you gotta squeeze this because you can't just yank it. You gotta be really gentle with the roots. I'm doing good, aren't I, huh? Oh, look, I got it out. All right, so I'm gonna get it in there. And then you take some more dirt, and this plant is bigger, so I don't know how I'm gonna do this without making a big mess. Maybe a little, ooh. Good thing we have a table right here. All right, now I don't know how much dirt. Does my resident expert potter wanna come help me? Because I don't know how much dirt to put in here. Is she gonna remain anonymous? <laughs> She's gonna let me struggle up here putting this dirt. She is, she's gonna do it. All right, is there a resident expert potter in here? I don't know how much dirt goes in this thing. What? Do what? All right. Oh, you're a firefighter. <laughs> is that enough? She's putting dirt all the way to, I guess, right to where the, where the top is. So this is the top the of what? Oh. The top of the existing soil. In there. This is a lot of dirt. Oh, is my pot big enough? Sorry if I put dirt in your hand. That's okay. All right. Such a good helper. All right. This is an expert right here. Look, look. <laughs> It also has a catcher thing. How much water? Just a little. Well, I already 
Oh, all right. Look at there. This is my second potted plant. <laughs> what does that have to do with the Bible? <laughs> There's so many illustrations in that. Okay, so tonight we're going to talk about letting your roots grow down. Okay, now this is not the only thing that I learned about plants and trees this week. So it's really kind of cool, okay? So now I, I went ahead and did this because we're going to talk about this potted plant. I made a big old mess. Anyway, thank God. Um, so tonight I want to be an encouragement to you on your journey in life, um, on your faith journey. So in life, we will face uncertain futures, uncertain destinations as we follow our callings. We're tempted to run ahead of God trying to fix the world in our lives as we see fit. We struggle to see how God can keep his promises and are oftentimes forced to wait even when we don't want to. And so I want to encourage you tonight, just like that plant, it's time for us to get repotted and to deepen our roots. Now, this goes for every Christian. It doesn't matter how mature you are, where you are in your walk with God, we always need to make sure that the soil that we are planted in helps our faith to grow. So, like with a plant, okay, now I'm not speaking from experience, I'm speaking from I read it on Google, okay? <laughs> Like with a plant, you know, you, yes, we put it in there and, you know, I pick some really good soil. It's miracle grow. It's the good soil and all of that kind of stuff. Um, I got my resident expert potter to help me to make sure I had enough dirt in there. There's roots in there. And this pot's a little bit bigger than the other pot, so there's more room for this plant to grow. But there's also like, you know, you've got to take care of the plant. So you have to water it. You have to prune the leaves. There's things that you have to do in order for this plant to grow and to be strong and to be full of life. And so that's what we have to do in our life as well. You know, we have the seed of the word on the inside of us, but we have to take care of that. We have to continue to do things so that our faith will continue to grow and that we will continue to be strong and be who God has called us to be. And so, you know, like I said, it doesn't matter where you are in your walk, you can always grow. You can always learn. There's always more, which is super exciting because it would be boring if this is all we could be. But you choose how deep you go in God. You choose how much he will speak to you. You choose by how you cultivate your soil and your heart and your ability to receive and how you cultivate your relationship with him. It's up to you. 
Colossians 2, chapter, uh, Colossians chapter 2, verses 6 through 10 in the New Living Translation says, And now, just as you accepted Christ Jesus as your Lord, you must continue to follow him. Let your roots grow down into him and let your lives be built on him. Then your faith will grow strong in the truth you were taught and you will overflow with thankfulness. Don't let anyone capture you with empty philosophies and high-sounding nonsense that come from human thinking and from the spiritual powers of this world, rather than from Christ. For in Christ lives all the fullness of God in a human body, so you also are complete through your union with Christ, who is the head over every ruler and authority. The Mirror Bible says this, Verse 6, your daily walk is no different from the initial embrace when you first understood your divine association in him. As you have received Christ, so walk in him. Verse 7, just like the roots of a tree, draw your sustenance and strength from him. Like a building rising up out of its foundation, your life makes the full stature of Christ visible, standing tall in his shoes firm in your faith posture. The language of gratitude that overflows from your lips reflects the exact impression of what you were taught. So we let our lives grow down into Christ. We are rooted in him. Amen? Amen. So here's a few ways that we can, um, you can deepen your roots and grow in your faith. Number one, almost lost that whole iPad. This is a good thing for me right now. Slow down. We need to be encouraged in this world that we live in to slow down. There is a lie that this world has fed to us through marketing, through all of the advancements, and we've believed it. And that lie is anything worthwhile can be acquired at once. This world has conditioned us to be impatient, to um, expect um, quickness over quality. You know, when we order something, we want to know how soon we're going to get it. We don't ask, is it quality? Will it break down? I mean, there's this new app called Timu. If you can get something for a dollar, <laughs> that's normally $50. <laughs> Is that quality? But the time frame I hear on that, by the time you get your item, you know, you could have bought it 45 different times and used it and it's out of style. So anyway, because the shipping is really slow. But the world has lied to us. Surprise, surprise. And um, because we hate to wait, we have turned instant gratification into the gold standard of value. We now judge the worth of something by how quickly it can produce results. Speed and efficiency are in, quality is out. When making a purchase, we don't ask how long will it last, but how soon can I have it in my hands? We'll take a cheap and disposable, cheap and disposable over excellent and durable any day, especially if it means we can have it now. And that same mentality has crept into our walk with God. 
We think if God doesn't move now, if he's not working now, if that promise doesn't come to pass now, if I don't see results now, if I can't open up my Bible and find that scripture now, if I, if I have to study more than two verses, it's too much. We don't want to take time in, in the presence of God and worship on our own. We're going to put on that song. We're going to put on that podcast. We're going to open up that Bible app and let it do the quick version. Do you know in the Bible app you can speed up the speaking of the person reading the Bible to you? <laughs> yeah. So it's like, and the Lord said, or and the Lord said, and what da 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 Oh, I can listen to my Bible even faster because then I can do more today. We've taken the, hey, you know, things take time. It takes time to cultivate a relationship. Stephen Yvonne, how long have you guys been married? 32 years. Okay, I use him as an example because last week we did the staring contest, and I mean, they were like unstoppable. Like, they would have probably stared at each other for hours. They've been married for 32 years. How many of you guys have been married for a long time? How many of you guys know that your marriage is different now than when you first got married? Did it take time to cultivate that? It took work. It took discipline. <laughs> All right, Leroy. <laughs> it didn't just happen overnight. You don't get to stare at somebody. You don't have that level of trust. You don't have that level of love. You don't have that level of partnership. You don't have that level of friendship. You don't have that year one, two of marriage. You don't look like a 32-year marriage. You haven't been through anything. Or if you have been through something, you're in it right now and you're still walking through it. And every trial, every challenge, everything that you go through, it makes you stronger. It brings you together. It brings you together in prayer. You learn each other. You learn what makes each other happy. You learn what irritates that person. You know what makes them sad. You know how to bring life to them. You know how to encourage them. You know how to support them. You know how to walk together and still after 32 years they can still continue to grow you know why marriages break up after 32 years is because you know they've put all this other stuff in between and and they can't look at each other like this because they're too busy you know looking at all this other stuff around them and then when those other things step out it's like oh hey where you been I never took the time to get to know you but really, those seasons and the things that you go through in, in life and in your marriage, they're supposed to make you stronger so that when you get on the other side of that, hey, my friend, we made it. <laughs> now let's do this next phase in our life together. And that's how it is in your walk with God. I'm sorry, I've been saved, I, I don't know, because I got saved as a kid and I grew up in church. I don't remember getting saved because usually when you grow up in church, you get saved multiple times. So I don't remember that come to Jesus moment, you know, where it just really impacted me. I actually only remember getting filled with the Holy Spirit because there was a bunch of us kids lined up in the front of the church. I don't remember who led us, but I do remember laughing because it was funny hearing all my friends speak in tongues. So I remember laughing through the whole 
getting filled experience, you know. We were laughing, 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 then it came, and then it's like, oh, this is working, you know, and then, you know, so then you got to get serious. But anyway, <laughs> so I, I've been a Christian for a long time. I've studied the word. I've gone to Bible school. You know, God's called me in the ministry, and, you know, I study the word. It's, it's what I do, but I'm still learning. There are still people who know more than me. And I'm so thankful. Just like in this instance, I've lived my whole life and I never potted a plant. Or if I did, I didn't, it didn't, you know. And I was able to learn something from somebody else. I didn't go up and go, hey, you know, I got to pot this plant. I know what I'm doing. I watched a YouTube video. I Googled it. But I'm just having you here to show you that I know what to do, but I just want you to, no. I submitted myself, I humbled myself, and I said, I don't know. You've done this before, so show me the way. I'm gonna trust you. And that's what we have to do in our relationships. We have to surround ourselves with people. You know, it, it's not just about what you can get on your own, but it's about us coming together. I can learn something from Minister Joe, and he's younger than me. I can learn something from Miss Caitlin, and she's older than me. We're all here together to help each other grow. I'm all off these notes, but... Praise God. This is how it's been working in me. So I'm just going to share. Depth of spiritual maturity does not come quickly. It must be built over time. And we need to slow down and take the time to grow. The roots that exist on this plant didn't happen overnight. It took time. And now it seems that because it's been repotted, in a way it's got to start over. So it's got its established root system, but now it's got to move out and go different directions. So what do you think that takes? Time. Every level, it takes time. Learn the art of meditation. That's the second thing. Psalms 1, verse 1 two, through 3 in the Passion Translation says, What delight comes to the one who follows God's ways? He won't walk in step with the wicked, nor share the sinner's way, nor be found sitting in the scorner's seat. His passion is to remain true to the word of I am, meditating day and night on the true revelation of light. He will be standing firm like a flourishing tree planted by God's design, deeply rooted by the brooks of bliss bearing fruit in every season of life. He is never dry, never fainting, ever blessed, ever prosperous. You have to plant yourself where the water is flowing. You have to plant yourself in the word. You notice in those scriptures, it says those trees are flourishing, they're blessed, they're prosperous because their roots are right near the water. Last week, I talked about not losing sight and keeping yourself in the word. This is how you do that. You have to just read your Bible. 
So many people are afraid to do that. Like, oh, this book is so intimidating. Like, it's such a big book. Like, it's just, you know, it is a big book, but it's broken up into a bunch of little books. I just had somebody ask me the other day, you know, he's like, you know, I, I pray and I'm really good at praying and I go to church. And I just have a hard time reading my Bible. I just don't know where to start. And I was like, oh, here, I got, I got it. I got it. This is where I always tell people to do. This is my thing. Read a proverb a day. That's a good introduction into reading your Bible every single day. Today is, what's the date? 27. Read, read Proverbs 27. Oh, that's a good idea. I was like, yeah, don't make it hard. And I was like, and then read John. Because that's a, a loving book about Jesus. Read John. Oh, okay. And I said, and then when you're done Read, you know, continue to read Proverbs every single day. He says, so then if you mess up and can't read a whole book, you know, whatever, you at least got a, a chapter a day. And I said, but, you know, after you read John, go to the next book. And when you're done with that one, go to the next book. <laughs> Don't make it so complex. When you buy a book off the shelf, where do you start? At the beginning, you buy a book and you go, oh, I just bought this book. And where do I read it? How do I read it? We make things so much more complicated than they have to be. I'm like, just, just read, you know? And, and the cool thing about it is now, you know, they have all these Bible um, translations. And that was what I encouraged them. I was like, New Living Translation is a good read. It's like reading a story. You know, don't start with the these and thous. Now, if you get tripped up in the King James, then just pick another translation that helps you to read it. Don't make your relationship with God hard. Don't make an excuse for not growing. Because really, if it's something that you wanted, you know you'll do whatever you can to make it happen. I want a cheeseburger. So if I only had 50 cents in my pocket, I'm going to hustle and do something so that I could get that $5 cheeseburger. <laughs> we do what we want to do when we place value on something. And we need to value the word of God. I'm like seriously running out of time. But I want to share with you this other illustration I... I um, God shared with me along the lines of plants. So remember we had that big old storm and there was a lot of rain. And um, my landscaping at my house is very manageable for me. I have rocks in the front yard and rocks all in the back. It's absolutely phenomenal. <laughs> and there's a tree in the front yard and there's a tree in the back, okay? And um, so I don't really do a whole lot to these trees. There's a sprinkler system and it's supposed to water it. So the tree in the front yard, I love this tree. It's like my favorite tree. And when I moved in this house, I noticed my tree was the only tree on the block that the leaves changed colors. Everybody else have all these weird trees. Yeah. So I was like, Lord, I got my own personal fall. And the tree is huge. So when I walk out on my balcony, the leaves are right in front of me. So sometimes, you know, when it's not a thousand degrees, I'll sit out there and I look at my tree and I love my tree so much. Well, one year, was it last year? It might've been last year. All the leaves just fell off. They didn't change. They just fell off. And I was like, what happened to my tree? Like every other year, like clockwork, and go out, you know, got my, it's fall, and got all my fall colors, got my coffee, and my trees changing colors. So last year, it's like, how come, why, where did all my leaves 
leaves go? Everybody else still has leaves on their trees, and their leaves would normally fall before my leaves. My leaves would all be there. And I was like, what happened to my leaves? So anyway, this year they kind of started growing back, you know, so I got leaves, but I noticed up in the tree, like there's leaves, there's patches of leaves, but then there's like sticks. And I'm like, now how come all the leaves didn't get, all, all the sticks didn't get leaves? What happened to all, why are these branches naked? And why does everybody else have green branches? So anyway, we had that big rain, you know, and I remember last week we prayed and I was like, you know, we're playing, praying against whatever. And I was like, thank you, Lord, for the rain. And, you know, all this stuff is growing and it's phenomenal. Well, on the bottom of my tree, I had all these like new branches growing up from the ground, growing out on the sides. And I'm like, I don't think the tree's supposed to look like that. I don't think it's supposed to have all these new trees growing from the branches, right? You know, my mom came over and she's like, what's wrong with your tree? And I was like, I don't know. That's supposed to happen on the top, not the bottom. So yesterday I was taking a break from studying. I went out to my tree and I was like, I'm sorry, you look so stupid. Let me take all this stuff off because you just look dumb out here with all these things growing off for your branch and these green things. It's just weird. So anyway, I just go off and I start plucking them off and get my coffee and I go back and I Google and I was like, what are the things coming out of a tree or whatever? Yeah, you knew. You're so smart. These garden people, they're called suckers. <laughs> I was like, you sucker, I plucked you out, stupid sucker. <laughs> and what I found out when I read is that's a sign that my tree is not doing well. Yeah, I know, it's so sad. I don't know what to do about it, <laughs> but I pulled those suckers off, though, because the first thing it tells you to do is if you have the suckers growing, pluck them off. Pull them off, because what they're doing is they're pulling nutrients away from the root system of your tree, and it's a sign that your tree is under stress. I went out there, and I was like, why are you stressing? <laughs> Relax and just be a tree. I don't understand what's going on. It's like, how do you stress out a tree? It doesn't have enough water. I mean, that's what Google said. So I don't know. I was like, I need somebody to come look out my tree because my tree is stressing out and it's growing all these things that are sucking away. So instead of the roots growing deep and it growing and getting the nutrients and bringing that water up to the top leaves, these suckers are pulling the nutrients from the top and they're taken away from my tree. Prune the suckers off your life. There are things in your life that are sucking you dry. They're stripping your faith. They're causing you to doubt. They're causing you to forget the faithfulness of God. Prune those things off. <laughs> they said immediately get rid of them because if you don't, then they turn into hard like branches on your tree. So I started looking up my tree and I'm like, oh, I thought those were branches. They're suckers. <laughs> Taking over my good, healthy, strong tree. And even though that tree has grown up strong, beautiful leaves on the top, things creep in because somebody wasn't taking care of it. Somebody wasn't making sure it was getting proper water. 
And what happens is with, a, with the roots of a tree, if they can't get the nutrients down, then the roots start growing up and they come up to the surface to try to get that. Sounds like people trying to get stuff from the world instead of spending the time to go down deep in Christ. Get rid of the suckers. And the final thing I want to share with you is walk before God. This is a really cool thing. You know, walking is a sustainable action. Just normally in life, when it comes to exercise, you know, they say um, that walking is super healthy for you. You know, it's, it's like one of the healthiest form of exercise. It doesn't stress out your body. It doesn't stress out your joints. And actually walking, you know, the average person, most people can walk, you know, several miles. I actually, um, when, when I'm on my, you know, workout game, I try to walk three miles a day. So I read somewhere that walking a minimum of three miles a day lowers your blood pressure, you know, helps, does this and this and that. You know, there's a list of all different things. And I'm like, I can do that. That's something that I can do. I don't have to like, you know, do all these weird bends and moves and lift stuff and whatever. But, you know, I live around a bunch of hills, so I try to walk for, you know, three miles and it's really healthy. And so, you know, just as I was you know, reading and studying about, you know, the Word of God, and it talks about walking with God. Walking is just like a, a steady pace that you can take. In high school, I ran track, and I was a sprinter. I loved sprinting because I wanted the race done. I hated running. <laughs> Who comes up with these things? Let's come up with a sport where we just run. Who comes up with this? Of course I was good at it. You know, I ran a lot as a kid. I was bad, you know. So it worked for my benefit in high school. So I ran track and I was a sprinter and I loved it. And it was a really quick race, but you know, it was a hard recovery. Then you have marathons. Marathons, you know, they take a long time to run and it takes days for recovery. But a walk you can sustain. A walk gives you strength. So when you walk with God hand in hand, it strengthens you. You can hear him. You know, normally if you go on a walk with somebody, it's a slow enough pace where you can have a conversation. So you're talking, you're going back and forth. You can pray, you can speak the word, you can do all these different things. But if you're sprinting, you're out of breath, you can't think about anything but your burning lungs. You know, if you're running a marathon, you can't feel anything in your body. I'm told because I will never do that. <laughs> it's a lot of work. But a walk. And he walks with me and he talks with me. He tells me I am his own. He doesn't sprint with me, or marathon with me, or lift weights with me, or do leg presses with me, <laughs> or chin-ups with me. He walks with me, and he talks with me, and he tells me I am his own, 
And he tells me about his promises. He tells me about his love. He gives me wisdom and direction. He gives me instruction. He gives me correction. He gives me support. It's sustaining. It's helpful. And I'm growing down and down and down. And you may be in your, a time of your life right now where it feels like, God, where are you? You know, we go through these seasons where it seems like, you know, God is rocking and moving, those blessings are flowing, all these big things are happening, you know, he's doing this and this and that. And then all of a sudden it seems like God is quiet. It's like, but what, you know, thank you God for all these little blessings, but what about that one thing, you know, that I've been believing you for? And it reminds me of the story of Abraham and Sarah, and I'm really going to close with this, and I have so many notes, but um, they were part of my study, and, um, you know, when God spoke to Abraham initially, he, he called him, you know, he spoke to him in a spectacular way and said, you know, leave and go where I tell you, and I'll direct you. And so Abraham followed him, and then God spoke to him in an amazing way. They actually had like a a divine interaction where God was speaking to Abraham. Abraham was speaking to God, and God was speaking to him covenant. I mean, they're just having a full-out conversation back and forth. And then God got got a little quiet. So, you know, God's sharing with him, you know, I've got a a covenant with you, and, you know, I've got a promise for you, and you're going to have a seed, and, you know, I'm going to bless your seed, and I'm going to do all this kind of stuff, you know. And so, um, you know, then it seemed like God got a little quiet. So Abraham and Sarah, you know, they came up with their own plan of bringing to pass the promises of God. And they had Ishmael. And, you know, and then after that, then it was like 13 years between Ishmael and when God finally came to to Abraham and said, hey, that thing that I talked to you about, about back there, now it's time. But by the time that came to pass in his life, Abraham was strong in faith. So in chapter 17, it talks about how, you know, God shows up and he's like, hey, Abraham, I am. And I want you to walk with me. Walk before me righteously. And Abraham just, whatever you want, God, I'm surrendered to you. In those seasons where it seems like God is quiet, he spoke a promise to you, and you're like, when, 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 when? Instead of focusing on when is it going to pass, how come this, and why is this happening for this person, and why hasn't it happened for me, and did I hear from you, God, and I don't understand, and, you know, and going through all of that kind of stuff, that's the time where we are strengthening our roots and growing in faith. God is still with you, walking with you, talking with you. You know, maybe that thing is still there and he's like helping you cultivate your faith. He's helping you cultivate your character. He's working on things for you so that when that comes to pass, you're ready to receive it. It's not like you one day receiving the lottery and the next day being broke. He's pruning you. He's watering you. He's getting things in you. If this plant all of a sudden tomorrow was this tall, something ain't right. That's not the natural progression of things. But it grows gradually and gradually. And as it goes gradually, then it gets stronger and it gets stronger and it gets stronger. And it, 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 it gets to the place where it can 
blossom and, and, and bear, uh, I think it's a flowering thing. Yeah, there's flower, there's buds on it, you know? So if I treat it right and take care of it, then flowers will grow. Same thing in our lives. There should be fruit. There should be evidence. And we can grow in our faith and we can grow strong. And I'm going to, I have this whole long story. I'm not going to read it. It's a long story. But I want to end um, with this scripture. Uh, LaRose, can you come up? Just give you a couple benefits of deeper roots. Your discernment will increase. Discernment is the quality of being able to grasp and comprehend what is obscure, a power to see what is not evident in the average mind. Grow deep in your relationship with God and you will begin to discern people and therefore enjoy a depth in your relationships like never before. You will understand yourself, including your motivations and flaws. And as you allow the Lord to address them, you will live more sensibly. You will experience more joy. You will understand a number of things that are currently mysteries to you. Hebrews 4.12 says, For the word of God is alive and powerful. It is sharper than, any, than the sharpest two-edged sword, cutting between soul and spirit, between joint and marrow. It expresses our innermost thoughts and desires. I read that scripture because that's a great scripture for the pruning process in our lives. As you spend more time in the word, the word will help you discern between your voice and the voice of God. That's a common thing that Christians deal with. They say, I don't know when God's talking to me. I can't tell the difference between, you know, is this right or should I be doing this or what decision should I make or how should I do this or how should I do that? And it's the word that brings clarity. It's the word that cuts away the things that don't belong to him and it makes your path clear. So keep the word before you and you'll grow. We tell kids, you know, drink your milk so you'll grow big and strong. I mean, you used to. I don't know what they do now because they have oat milk and almond milk and <laughs> all these weird things. But, you know, but we can continue to grow and we should continue to grow. We should learn something new every day.